This programme is funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. I just hadn't anticipated, you know, this kind of big technological revolution that was happening. And I've seen it with so many people now. I would do workshops and I'd meet the most creative women. And we're just in that age group where we just missed, you know, I did a dissertation at college and, you know, it was WordPress, but things were just starting to happen then. So it was very analogue, as they say, you know, we were, everything was hand-drawn and photocopies and you know and then you, you then you don't have confidence for some reason some there's a whole you kind of like you build up this big barrier you're just thinking it's it's not accessible to you or somehow hello i'm maria staunton and i'm mary costello and this is making it the show that reveals the true stories of mayo's women in business from top executives to artists to female founders, to those providing essential services in our local towns. Stay with us for the next 20 minutes, and who knows, you might hear the advice or inspiration you need to get your own dream off the ground. Hello and welcome to Making It. I'm Maria Staunton. I let my guest introduce herself this week. My business is Lou Brennan and the website is loubrennan.com. And uh, so I'm a textile designer, fashion and textile designer, based in Mayo, down uh, near Pontoon, and uh, work from home. Yeah, it's lovely and lock on. I suppose my my passion is Irish textiles, especially, you know, the story of Irish textiles. So I suppose I love to bring the stories, um, you know, out into the open about the linen production, especially and the lace making that was, uh, you know, very evident around here. You only have to go, you know, think of the Linen Hall and Lucan Street and different, uh, you know, the different manufacturing that was going on in textiles around here over the last couple of hundred years. So all my my designs, they're they're all come from my research into um, Irish textiles, you know, especially historical and all the stories that I felt were, you know, hidden. Lou's design work focuses on accessories like pocket squares, bandanas and scarves. Scarves are ideal because when you have anything more complicated, like with someone once said with scarves, you never have a fit issue. You know, they'll always, you know, you're just, it's, they'll fit everybody. Exactly. You know, and when you're a one, one, you know, one woman show or whatever, one, you know, you, you can only cope with so much. So even though it might be lovely to consider making you know dresses or whatever you just not not you, you that would be too much to take on at the moment and everybody kind Absolutely. of scars are something that's immediate you can kind of really dress up an outfit and, with and a are scarf. they can i ask Lou, are they they high-end scarves you they know, are, are they... high-end yeah, yeah okay. I, I had to make the decision early on like there's no way i could compete with say duns or something so that had to be uh, yes they i get um i either print them myself or print with well before lockdown i was just started doing a linen range but all the staff are on furlough so it's yeah they're all and I think there's since since COVID there's um there's everyone's sort of thinking how can they work with what we have on this island you know with what mills can we work with what can we work with here because of you know difficulties of getting materials in so um yeah so they they would be high end yeah and they'd be kind of I suppose limited edition to a certain degree you know I would always have worked for studios that were sold to the Dolce Gabbana's, the Donna Karen's and the 
Armani. So they would have been the customers I would have designed for. So again, you know, it was always, we were always told we were kind of leaders in the field. We, you know, we innovate, we didn't imitate, you know. So uh, we had to come up with the new ideas and come up with the new colorway. So we did lead. So I suppose that's my training, that's my love. And I'd always be keeping a very good eye on what's happening in the world. You know, you'd be looking at trends not to do with fashion. You have to be a year ahead of that. So you'd be looking yeah. at films or you just get a feeling what's in the air you know and what you think is coming down the line tell us a little bit about your childhood what brought you into the whole yeah fashion industry why did you go down that route so well I mean I suppose I was just one of those kids I was just loved just loved drawing and art but I went to a really academic school I went to a grammar school in London you know so my parents are from Kilchamar but you know they would have emigrated over to London you know in the 50s and 60s so um I was brought up in London but in a home that I was brought up in a very Irish part of London and of course home was Ireland and we'd be back and forward all the time and you know mum and dad built a house and we were kids over here so we were we brought this was you know in fact we we know Ireland better than England you know it would be as soon as the school holidays it would be you know on the train to Ireland so anyway I loved I loved you know I loved um I loved art and but when I was at school, you know, I it was clear that although I wanted to follow art, there was no kind of like uh, careers advice, we'll say. So eventually I found out you needed to do a foundation course. And mum and dad said, look, work for a year, save up, you know, save up and uh, and, and then go to college. Because there was five at home, you know, mum and dad, had, you, yeah. know, t- you know, it was a lot. So um, I did that and I did my foundation in London uh, in the college near Whitechapel. And then I went to Brighton. Uh, I just wanted to kind of, I suppose, get out of London. I went to a really good textile college, University of Brighton. And then uh, I, as soon as I finished uh, 93, I just by chance happened to meet a stylist and she was asking what I was doing. And I said I was hoping to work some, some way in fashion. And she asked, would I like to help style uh, a show with Alexander McQueen? He had just graduated from his master's and I said I would. So I went down, I brought my collection down to show him. And in the end, he, instead of, you know, asking me to help him style, he started asking me to help him make, you know, uh, catwalk pieces. So that was in 93. So I, you know, continued to do that for about five or six shows. But Lou had a burning ambition to return to college. And she also felt the pull to come to Ireland. So she contacted the National College of Art and Design in Dublin, who by chance were getting ready to launch a Master's in Fashion and Textile. Lou was the first person through the doors, and that put her in the right place at the right time to meet John Russia. So I was there, and then that's when I went down the road to Temple Bar and met John. And so it ended up then I actually was working for John half a week when I was doing my master's and then half a week in college. And then when I finished in 96, I was full time for a couple of years. And wow. it was brilliant. Yeah, so I, you, you, you learn so much on the job. You know, you, you're going to the shows in Paris. He was doing menswear, women's wear, spring, summer, autumn, winter. You're going to all the fabric fairs in Paris, buying the fabrics for the next season. And, you know, you're behind the what, scenes. What wonderful yeah. experience that yeah, was. Yeah, wow. it's brilliant. What a wonderful career. Well, working with someone like John Rasha and all those yep. kind of wonderful people. Um, yeah. How different is it when you set up your own business and you go out on your own? Just give Gosh. people a, a sense <laughs> of that. Yeah. Well, what you expect it yeah, well? I think it's like you just don't realise how much time, you know, well, 
financially is always for everyone it's always the stumbling block and then the skill set that's a huge thing because I suppose with John I just had to worry about I just my my responsibility was designing and um, coming up with a prototype you know and then we'd hand it over you know to a printing mill to to print the production Uh, you know we did a little bit of small production but those headaches those things that would be someone else's problem so that's that's something you have to just keep so many plates spinning. I never, I just didn't anticipate that. And even something small, like having to change something on your website and having to go in and f- you could be all day and then there's some, you yes. know, there's those little things. And having a multitude of skills. Yeah, isn't it, oh my God, yeah, yeah. Lou established her own studio in London in 1999. But after a couple of years, she took a gamble, thinking that because she was freelancing, she could move to Ireland and send out designs from there. Did that gamble pay off? It did and it didn't. It did at the beginning, fine, it was fine. And then when I had the technical revolution came in, like digital printing happened and it just all, and suddenly then my skills weren't the skills that were required and I just couldn't access, you know, the the training. You know, I looked and looked and there was just, it was always in Dublin and then children came along and you just, it, the things that I needed, yeah. I couldn't get to. I remember there was... I, I was on about it for so long. I just wanted to do a really good Photoshop course and they were all in Dublin, you know, and they were kind of an evening class, you know, at Griffith College or wherever. You know, it was just impossible. And, um, yeah, and how and difficult then you, is that, you know, when you choose to live in the west of Ireland? It's a good just, question just, there, you, you know. Don't, you don't, you don't, you can't um, predict it. You see, you don't predict it. And then you just, um, yeah, that's that That was a huge stumbling block. Things, the regrets I have and, you know, um you just I would have done more of that before children if I'd known I think that's the big thing the big message I I let the skill I just hadn't anticipated you know this kind of big technological revolution that was happening and I've seen it with so many people now I would do workshops and I'd meet the most creative women and we're just in that age group where we just missed you know I would have done you know, like I'm not trying to think. I remember, I think in '93, like we just about, you know, I did a dissertation at college, and you know, we, it was WordPress, but things were just starting to happen then, but not really. We were still going to the library. There was, you know, the internet. I was trying to say to someone the other day, you know, I think she graduated in '96, and she said like she went in and she got an email on the last day of college. It was all we just kind of missed that, you know, with people doing it at college. So it was very analog, as they say. You know, we were everything was hand drawn and photocopies and you know yeah. so I str- I really world. struggled and I just I couldn't get access to um you know and then you you then you don't have confidence for some reason some there's a whole you kind of like you build up this big barrier you're just thinking it's it's not accessible to you or somehow I suppose a few few it's lots of serendipitous things happened I was I'd had my little boy and it was like about 2007 then and I just found out I was expecting my little girl and then I got a call from amazing woman called Rita Hopkins, you know, from Mayor Northeast yeah. Leadership, amazing. And she just said, would I be interested in coming and running a workshop with the community CDP in Kilchamar at the time? It's not there anymore. It's like a family resource. And um, would I run a craft workshop? And uh, someone had said I did crafts and design and 
So I, you know, someone convinced me, you'll be fine, you know, go in, you'll be, you know, and actually it was great. And then from then on, there was, um, you know, more workshops happened. I started to get more confident. Suddenly had to, you had to write out lesson plans and course programs. And, you know, it was kind of, that kind of got me going again. And then I really got, I said, you know, I think I can do this. Around that time, Lou was also researching Irish textiles and they were inspiring her with new ideas for designs. She started accessing the supports available through the local enterprise office and registered with the Design and Crafts Council of Ireland. And she started getting some media coverage. She began to imagine launching a collection of her own. And with that idea in mind, she wanted to apply to the Empower programme for female entrepreneurs, which I manage at GMIT. But there was one problem for Lou. One part of the application process was a four-minute video pitch for her business idea. But that nearly floored me. I just can't believe where I am now, Maria, I'll be honest with you. So my sister was here, it was the summertime, and the deadline was August, we'll say. it was. I remember the date was August. And she said, look, Lou, I'll run over before I go to the airport, whatever, and I'll just, I'll just do your four minutes, write it all out, what you want to say, I'll video it, and you can you know, send it in to Empower with your application. I was absolutely, my sister said, Lou, what has happened to you? She goes, you've lost all your confidence. Mm. I was so worked up. I think it meant so much, but I just, I, I didn't know where to go with this, you know, and I just had kind of like, I was too isolated and I, I just, you know, so then anyway, I have another friend, she's a teacher, she's so lovely and she, um, she said, look, she said, I'll come around with my camera. <laughs> she said, I'll help you, you know, I'll help you. Yeah, you know, she said, I'll help. And even though it probably, I probably went over the top when I look back, I probably did. But, you know, you just don't know. You see, because you're on your own, you build these things up into these big, huge things. You know, you don't have people to bounce it off. Lou was accepted onto the course and launched her collection. She was chosen to exhibit at Showcase Ireland in 2019 and 2020 and earned a coveted spot on the Design Ireland website. And she's making sales. Looking back at what it took to reach this vantage point, is there anything she would do differently? I never regret being at home with the children, but at the same time, I regret not keeping my skills up, you know, because it was such a big climb. Yeah, I don't know, even if, I th you know, so, that you know, maybe part-time or something. I think, I think with, with both of yeah. those things, you know, if you, if you work, you feel guilty. If you don't work, you yeah. feel guilty. So yeah, exactly. I don't think there's, there's, there's a winning, yeah, you just have it's to do It's the skills. It's, it's, it's right. just the yeah. skills. What you just don't appreciate, how unskilled you can become very, very quickly. And yeah. if you could, get, even if it's voluntary, something, I don't know, even if you could, you know, just to, just to, and, and then as I say, that you're mixing, you know, you're mixing with other people. and You're, you're mixing you know, and meeting people. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just didn't, I would, I would have been someone that never was, a, I didn't have a problem with confidence, we'll say. And I have a friend, he's a, he's a dentist, and I was talking to him years ago, and he was saying how his, another colleague of his had, you know, stopped working for a couple of years with, to be with her children. And she said she admitted she even found it hard making a phone call. And, you know, I could, I remember that, you know, you just have to make a simple phone call, you know, to, I don't know, the bank or something. And you, you know, it'd be, you'd, you'd build up into this big you thing, you know. Yeah. Whereas like, just because you weren't used to it, I don't know what happens. I don't know. And it happens to men as well. I have another friend, she works in finance and it just was more, it was better for her husband to, you know, mind the children. And she's recognised it with him and she gets really frustrated with him, you know. And I, and I try and tell her to like give him a bit of slack. You know, I said, look, it's, you know, 
I've been there. You know, I remember the position I was at the beginning, you know, for someone who had kind of like had her own studio, had had a master's and still I just was floundering. I just I just couldn't quite figure out how to kind of get back into any you know, into the workforce or anything. And it was just somehow small, it's baby steps, isn't it? Baby steps and reaching out and just, you know, and every little step you'll, you'll, you'll build on it. I think another thing I'd realised, I can't, you can't make a living just from, I think, you know, from just designing, not, not what I'm doing. And I, and I realised when I went on a lot of the you know, the course of the Design Crafts Cancer Fund. A lot of people mix, you know, they, they mix their business, you know, they, with maybe lecturing or educate, you know, they'd be an educator and a maker. Good afternoon, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to our afternoon masterclass. And um, today's masterclass is by Lou Brennan. And the title is Ireland's Hidden Textile Stories. So um, if anybody would like... An educator and a maker is what Lou is now. So I'd like to start with a story of Francis Nixon. So as a textile designer with over 20 years experience and designs in the V&A, I was In order to register with the Teaching Council of Ireland, she's had to enrol for a professional diploma in further education at NUIG. But that experience in itself has prepared her for the post-COVID world of teaching. I've had people come on to me lately saying, you know, all the workshops have stopped and they've said, like, could you do anything online? Now, before I would have thought, oh, my God, I don't think so. But funnily enough, because of the course and it was meant to be blended learning, I was meant to be going into NUIG and doing micro teaching. It's all been online. So I've had to teach, to do my micro teaching online. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying. So I've had to sort of figure it out how I'm going to. So it, again, suddenly, I remember the first one we had to do in September. I was a bag of nerves, like, how does this look? But it was fine. You know, it was you do one, then the next one is better and the next one is a bit better. So I've just ordered some kind of better lights and a, a system where you can flick between two cameras. So that's my next thing to figure out. So um, I am going to do a little demo. Silk screen printing was developed by the Chinese. It was uh, the mesh used to be made of silk, but now it's polyester. This is a clear one, a very fine mesh. I mean, I've so much to learn. I'm still not comfortable, you know, with, but I, listen, and I listened to a talk the other day. I just remember somebody saying there was, you know, it was a design workshop and and they gave a talk. These would be, you know, well-established people in the UK. And they said, like, who are your mentors? And I thought they were going to say, like, really well-known people in their, you know, in their field. And they said, YouTube. I thought it was really interesting, you know, because we all go on YouTube, you know, how to do this, how to do that. So um, you get your design first and you need to put it on a transparency. So you can go for a transparency or back in the day when I was at NCAD, we used to use cooking oil. So we would get it, this printed on like A3 paper, whatever size, and you would uh, soak, uh, you would rub cooking oil onto your paper and it actually makes it transparent and it works just as good. Whether it's the LEO or with leader literally anything that's come my way I've just tried to sign up for it whether it's Excel and I think there was a lady she's from Galway Anne Anne Walsh that's it she 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 teaches Excel and she said I remember it just stuck with me she said just be comfortable with being uncomfortable because I would get so kind of worked up inside I think I'm not going to get this you know or there'll be something wrong with you know and I just remember just it just settled me you know when I just said that it just something like that it just I just said this is fine you'll you're not on your own there's other people you know that are 
are equally being frustrated and flustered, you'll figure it out. You've been listening to Making It. Thanks a million to my guest this week, Lou Brennan. You can find her at her website, loubrennan.com. Thanks also to Mary Dunn of the Design and Crafts Council of Ireland for additional audio. Come and find us on our Facebook page. Just search for Making It Mayo. You can also email makingitmayo at gmail.com or tweet at makingitmayo. This show was recorded remotely for Claremorris Community Radio. Find out how you can get involved in the work of the station at ccr946.ie. I'm Maria Staunton. Until next time, thanks for listening. This programme is funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.